Welcome to the Healthy Beast. Today I'm talking to Ali Hill. She founded a chain of hot yoga studios called Yoga Haven. A lot of people think hot yoga sounds like torture and at first it is a little bit like that. But I've been doing it for over six months now and it's made me feel so much better. It's one of the best things I've ever done. Still not sure about all the chanting and the chakras and stuff like that. So I'm talking to Ali to find out whether you can have the benefits of yoga without the funny trousers and the oming. Okay, so Ali Hill from Yoga Haven, welcome. Hello. Very <laughs> nice to have you here. Thank you for having me. Now, I was apologising before for the state I'm in, having not had much sleep. So I spent about um, four days mostly just travelling and in hotel rooms. And the one thing that saved me from the brink, I think, was knowing enough yoga that I could do in my room. You did it in your hotel. And it was all stuff I'd learned at Yoga Haven. That is very good. So it sounds like I've started with an advert, doesn't it? Not, <laughs> well, I like that. And not sponsoring me. I mean, there's bad stuff too. Not, not to do with you, but for me and yoga. <laughs> That's we'll get to great. that. Yeah, because I started there in the summer. Mm. So it's hot yoga. Mm -hmm. And it was something I never thought I'd do. Why is that? Well, the hot bit. Yeah. For a start. Scary. Um, a friend of mine kept telling me, oh, it's brilliant, you've got to come. I'm like, never. No. Never going Don't like there. the idea of being hot? Well, I have, you know, there are sweaty people. And then there's sweaty people. Mm. <laughs> You're a sweaty, sweaty person. Like as in, you know, is it a medical issue? I'm not sure. <laughs> right. But pretty bad. Right. And then you got in there... And it was awful. And everyone was sweaty. No, no, it was bad. No, they weren't. Not no, like me. Not like you. <laughs> I went with my friend Sweaty Alex, though. And he's as bad as a guy I could do jujitsu with. Right. I shouldn't call him that. That's awful. <laughs> but no, he's he's um the only guy I met who I, I think sweats on a similar level. Right. But I mean, I love the hot yoga, but it's you suffer. I did at first. You do in the beginning for sure. And I think if I hadn't gone with a friend, I would have probably walked out. But you know, you because it's the heat's a lot. It is, it is definitely takes time to acclimatise to it. And I think men always worry about sweating and what that might look like and who might be next to them. And so it's sort of off-putting. But once you get in there, as you realise, everyone's sweating and no one cares. Yeah, I mean, it is unfair, though, because everyone's sweating. I've seen people at the end of a... Or they'll sort of pause half an hour in and they'll lightly damp <laughs> their brow. That's me. And I'm thinking... When I do the, the it, leaning down bits, it's literally like there's a tap on. Mm. And I'm thinking, this is, this can't be right. How much is left? How long <laughs> am I going to last? Make sure you have your electrolytes. Yeah. Right? You but do that, don't you? I don't really know what they are. Lots of minerals. You. So oh, you, yeah. you know, you sweat out lots of the, the good stuff too. Mm. So the salts and the minerals. Like when you work out, you have to put the electrolytes back in. Yeah. yeah. So just to rehydrate properly. So that's important if you sweat that much. I mean, I don't, I don't think I do anything particularly electrolyte-related. <laughs> I mean, you I go drink, for a run sometimes? No, but I... No. No, I did the Brighton Half Marathon yesterday. I took my electrolytes. Oh, did you? No, my, run, my running days are over. That's partly why. Oh, you're doing yoga? Yeah. Okay, good. Mm. So, yeah, I'm, I've, I've got a messed up ankle. And so, I can do jiu-jitsu, which is good. Yeah. So you're flexible. You're probably quite flexible if you've done martial arts. Yeah, I mean, it, well, I'm not bad, but but it's but yoga has really helped mm. because I think 
I think with jiu-jitsu you, you also end up hurting yourself a fair bit as well so yeah. if you do it all the time you're very sore mm. and, and that's how it was, was sold to me really that it's going to help with yeah injuries with the soreness and for that it's yeah. been amazing yeah yeah well it is it's great for so many things um, especially old injuries and people you know one of the biggest things in our culture is lower back pain or back pain because we spend so many hours sitting on on chairs at work you know now with the smartphones and iphones with our head down and rounding and hunched and we spend too much time um, hunched over and that's no good for our spines so yoga does the opposite because you're doing all this extension and opening up and it helps to keep your spine healthy so probably in all the years that I've been teaching and practicing um, the most common thing is people come in because they've been referred for a back pain and consistent practice in most cases will really help that not, not every single case obviously because we're all different and in some cases it you know it might hinder it depending on how bad the injury is but mostly people's back spines will become healthier and they'll get rid of the back pain which is amazing and if you and if you do it right it doesn't seem to be any risk of injury really if you're not i mean it's always something but you can you can overdo it i would say you can i mean people always say oh you can really overdo it in the heat and as you can you can but you can equally you can overdo it in a cold room if it's got no heat you know because your body can't get very warm and so that that's also possibly detrimental but if you are practicing with good teachers that are good with alignment and that you mix it up a little bit and you're not always always doing the same thing then you're not going to get injured. If you practice with the right intention and safely with the right instruction, generally you won't get injured. How did you get into it more? Because we're the same so, age, aren't we, growing up somewhere mm, around? Probably. Yeah. I don't know. I think I'm a bit older than you. Yeah. <laughs> I think anyway, I might be, so. but anyway. Um, so um, I got into it when I was um, living in Australia and I... I actually spent five years living in Japan having a very hedonistic lifestyle and working a lot at night and partying really hard and being quite wild and I that got on top of me and I felt very very low mood slightly depressed so I left and I went to Australia and I started doing yoga and within two classes I knew I wanted to be a yoga teacher and before I was even a yoga teacher I knew I wanted my own studio like it had such a profound um, effect on me so quickly I, and then I'm obsessive so I started practicing every day I started absorbing everything I could reading all the books and then I became a teacher quite quickly and once I was a teacher my goal was to open a yoga studio but I didn't know how I didn't know where I was living in North America um, I didn't have very much money but I knew I was going to do it and then I, I found a way um, a couple of years later and I opened my first studio yeah so the first one was where in Brighton in Brighton mm. so yeah. it was so it was you founded so you founded the company called Yoga Haven and then yeah. and then more yeah and then it was very organic so when I first opened Yoga Haven in Brighton like I said I had no money I tried to get my parents to remortgage their house and they were like on your bike What's wrong with them? yeah I know yeah. I was like they got a big house um, and then so they were like, no, so I obsessive, like I said, so I started um, 
researching how I could get funding and the bank said, no, you don't own anything, we're not going to give you any money. But there was a scheme that the government were running called the Loan Guarantee Scheme. So I put in a business plan. They so you've said, got, at this point, to be, to be fair, you've got nothing, you've just got an idea. I had a 1974 Mini Clubman right. that I bought from a lady called Betty. No one had ever sat in the back seat, 500 quid, that's all I owned. So you had nothing. Nothing. Yeah. <laughs> And, and basically, I put in this business plan and then the bank um, said, yep, they've backed you. So the, the bank basically give you the money and the government will pay the bank back 70% if you fail. Well, I, failure didn't ever enter my head, ever. I never, probably, I was 35 before I ever thought about the word failure. Like, as you get older, you get a little bit more risk averse, but by nature, I'm a risk taker. And I didn't ever think I would fail. It just wasn't something that ever you know came into my mind so anyway I opened Yoga Haven in Brighton and then the next one was Birmingham and then I moved to London met my partner Leon and that's really where Yoga Haven took off and we have a few in, in London it does seem to be this amazing business like the it's it's ram the studio half the yeah. time yeah yeah. I mean, partly I don't want to do anything to tell people about coming there. It's <laughs> been too busy. But I know, no. it's got really popular. It has got really popular. No, I'm lucky. It's it's amazing community, you know. That because presumably it means you're going you're gonna to keep on opening, opening more. more. Or you, you um, have plans for... Never say never. I'm looking at different options at the moment. Yeah. yeah. I, I probably won't do any more yoga havens on my own, but I might go into some kind of partnership to do many, maybe. Okay. Yeah. Now the thing, the other thing for me, apart from the heat, yeah. is um, at the moment I do like the basic classes mostly. Right. But I'm aware of other classes where there's a bit of, you know, this is the other thing, possibly a lot of blokes particularly have a problem with, the, the, the arming. The, yeah. The sort of, this deeper side of it. Now this, I remember before, long before I ever did yoga, remember, I think it was Ryan, yeah, it was Ryan Giggs. His people were asking why he was playing for so long, putting it down to yoga. Mm -hmm, I remember. And he, I think I, I might, can't, I must remember. He's asked about it. He basically said that it's just a bit of stretching. Yeah. And that was obviously him just trying to, you know, not probably sound like one of the lads that he wasn't doing yoga. Yeah. But I suppose for the for those of us who are kind of, you get the physical side, but when it gets into the more spiritual side. I guess there's a natural wariness, maybe. Mm. So, yeah. can you have one without the other, or is the oming? And you, you can have one without the other. I think that just a bit of stretching is actually a good way for people to get into a class and just see it in that way. And uh, a huge amount of people start yoga for that reason because they want to stretch and they think that's what it is. And you know, you wanted to come because you had injuries and you like the idea of stretching, etc. Um, and that's that's a great place to start and I think it opens it up to the masses more by by seeing it in that way but then over time um, you learn that actually it's not just you know um, postures where you are trying to bend yourself into little pretzel shapes and there is more to it and you might end up in a class where there is a little bit of oming and there's this spiritual aspect to it that people um, possibly don't realise in the beginning. So it's a philosophy, essentially. Do you know what oming? Maybe yeah, is, maybe means. 
I mean, I'm not. I'm just have to say, I'm not totally against it. Yeah. I've done a little bit of it. Yeah, yeah. Depending on the day, I have. No, but sometimes you you catch yourself. And you're letting out quite a quite a hearty on. <laughs> and then, but then people do. But I think it's probably partly a British problem as well. If if the rest of the room goes silent and you're on, <laughs> it's like singing in church. People get, get self-conscious, or oh, I've overdone it. Yeah. And then there's always one or two people who they clearly enjoy making the noises. Yeah. Well, they, they get used to it, and then they, you know, there's some of them. There's out. some of them probably getting a bit carried away. <laughs> Same with the breathing. You know how you're, they say you, your breathing should be audible for your neighbour. Mm. For most people, it's not, but there's a, no. there's a couple of exceptions. I mean, that's to encourage you, but yes, then people take it too far, and then it's like you know, this Darth Vader breathing, which is you know, not not quite what you want. I think there's a, I think there's probably a conflict with all of this in people's minds between the fact that you go there to 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 make yourself healthier and find peace, but there are things that mm. proximity issues mm. that people might find uncomfortable. Mm. Clearly not uncomfortable enough because so many people it are doing it. Coming. But it's what well, I think it's for those people where there's that doubt. Like me, that's an, I think it's another thing. Is like you know, it's supposed to be peaceful, but there are challenges to your peace yeah well the idea behind the the peace thing right is that we don't want people to steal our peace so um you could essentially be peaceful in a very crowded busy room because it's about you harnessing that peace from within and actually not being bothered by the very sweaty chap on your right or i don't know somebody belting out an arm or whatever like you're finding your own your own peace in yourself and all you need is the yoga mat and going back to the om thing do you, do you know what om even means or what it's no. symbolic of so this is how lazy my mind is I've, I've we've talked about it a lot with some of the other people i've never <laughs> never thought to look it up so <laughs> yeah crazy. well most me. people will be in the class oming and not know what it is and unless the teacher explains no, it you're not going to know, right? And we just do it because everyone else is doing it, maybe, or we don't do it because we're scared to do it. Um, basically, it's to um, originally it's the sound in nature, so it's this universal sound that connects us to everything in nature. So it's this the yogis would back in the day, many years ago, would be very much in harmony with nature and the world around them, and that's where the Om comes from. It's the, the frequency that is the silent sound in, in nature and it's symbolic of that. So connecting us to all beings, essentially human and animal and everything that we inhabit the earth with. So that's the idea behind an om and why we om. So you're making this the, the, the sound of nature. The sound of nature connecting to, to everything that we, yeah, we, we live with. And, yeah, the did you, did you, were, you, were you in straight away with all that side of no. it? Or did that, did that no, take you no, a while? No, same as you, Rich. So I um, didn't really know much about it when. Naturally, I'm quite flexible because like you in martial arts, I did uh, quite a lot of dancing when I was young. So I was naturally flexible. So I was able to perform some of the postures maybe fairly easy, easily. And I didn't even know anything about the spiritual aspect but what I did know was when I came out of the class how different my mood, moods were so maybe sometimes I can suffer a little bit with low moods and yoga has really helped with that so 
I didn't I didn't think about the spiritual aspect initially I didn't know about the spiritual aspect but I did know that when I came out of class I was happier a more joyful person easier to be around um, and more balanced and those were the subtle effects that started happening and then as I got more into yoga I started learning about the philosophy and really what it means to when I became a teacher what that means not on the mat but off the mat and all of the things that go along with that so yeah learned it over over time now that you're saying that if anything that's a more important aspect for me because mm. I'm can be a grumpy bastard mm. sometimes and you try and deal with it and you just come out totally transformed Do, not I'm not talking about just even the accumulation over time I'm no, just talking instant. on that day yeah you go in. It's quite often for me if I've got if I've got a lot to do, that's when I need to go. Because right. if I think I've got a, a really busy day, but like today, if I'm going to be up late working again, mm. I'll be better to go and take an hour and a half to get there and do yoga and come back. Yeah, because be- I'll get more done. Yeah, because you can't that thing where you're you're stressed as well, and you're you're thinking I've got to do this and this, and you're you keep jumping between tasks. That's something I'm bad at with yeah. work. Yeah, yeah when you your Me mind too. you come out and your mind's calm you're like okay right you get and way you think, more what's done. the most what's the first thing i need to do, do that? Mm. which is maybe how a lot of people are naturally which is, i'm very happy for them yeah but i'm not like that no all the time. i'm not like that either and it and it's helped so much with that you always feel peaceful you always feel calm when you come out and you can and you, it takes me sometimes a while especially if i hurry to a class i'll lie there for most of go through the class for 10-15 minutes I'm thinking about yeah. I didn't do this and then it or changes work. yeah yeah so it's send it's, some um, bullshit email to someone you know all these yeah. things you've got to do and then but then then the thing about the difficulty of the heat is you, you haven't you can't think about that anymore no it's gone. it keeps you very present right because you have to really focus on what you're doing in that moment because it's challenging especially in the early days of it in the first couple of years but like you say, it, you don't. It's not accumulative that you suddenly, over many many classes, start to feel good. You literally changing your state within probably 15, 20 minutes, mm. and you you come out feeling like a completely different person to when you went in. And most of the time, that's in a really positive way, um, because we're doing these without even knowing it. You're doing the deep breathing, which we encourage, but you might you know not be able to focus on that. But naturally, you start to do it, and we go from the flight, fright flight to rest and digest with the sympathetic nervous system to parasympathetic. You work within both, but more than not, we're, we're coming into the parasympathetic nervous system, which helps to lower your heart rate and your blood pressure and all of that. So it it's the makes you more chilled out, basically. Mm. So when you leave the class, you know, you're in a much calmer... It, kind of gives you this clarity of mind you know it simplifies your mind it slows you know yoga teachers call it the chitta vritti which is the the bubbles of your mind the fluctuations of your mind and um yoga helps to cease the fluctuations of the what mind. do they call it the chitta, the chitta vritti chitta vrittis yeah it's fluctuations like your, of your fluctuations mind. of your mind and so there's a lot of chitta vrittis and there's a lot more mind, mind too much yeah there's a lot of bubbles sometimes. right a lot of too many bubbles. What's the opposite? What's like a f- flat, peaceful like a, one? A, ca- a calm, a calm, a calm lake. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like a calm lake. Not, not. But, it's uninterrupted. Yeah. Less interrupted. You know. Yeah. So you could think of a, a dripping tap that's dripping really quickly, right? With a busy mind, 
and then a slow drip of oil with a calm mind right. where there's less interruptions of the crazy thoughts or the bubbles. Yeah. Your yoga hands now. You are, you're looking very yogic. But, but it does make you think also, they say lots of things during the class that I hear, but it takes me weeks to, for it to actually sink in and maybe that's yeah. a personal feeling. Like no, the thing, no, that's normal. For example, they talk about how, you know, when you leave, you're like, that your practice starts now and, and it's not about what you're doing mm. here. Mm. But things like your posture, mm. um, you know, I'm sitting where I often sit at my laptop mm. and it's very easy to kind of get hunched mm. up and then everything mm. starts, everything gets worse. But it just makes me think when you're, because you, cause you have that kind of drilled into you mm. of, of engaging your Core, all the, all the different things you have to engage. Well, possibly just picking up on what you said about your practice start, your yoga practice starts now. Have you heard that from a teacher when you're leaving? So they're saying when you leave the room, this is when yeah. your yoga practice starts. So yes, that could be sitting up straight, but actually, if we're talking about the philosophy, it's how you start to uh, live your life in a different way. So it's about. Um, making more conscious choices and being aware of the decisions that you make every day. So it could be, you know, um, not maybe buying cow's milk, but maybe buying, I don't know, an oat milk or a different milk because there's possibly lesser harm being done in that way. Or it could be... See, what you've done there, you've, you've, we talk about yoga and you've steered hard into... <laughs> Other other so other, other aspects of life, you've hijacked it. I've hijacked that. With your veganism. <laughs> I'm not full vegan. Well, I, yeah, I don't like to label myself. Yeah. No, I mean, because I, I was going to I was going to ask about that yeah. that side of it because that also goes in the category of things that are not that I've got anything against. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Vegetarians and vegans at all. My mm. first podcast was with um, a, a brilliant guy who runs a vegan restaurant, and he he um, Louis Blake I should say his name is, and he. Um, some of the stuff he told me was great we had a great conversation and I came out of it having learnt a lot and kind of it did make me right. rethink my choices particularly because right. he was he's one of these guys um, that he's not he wants to welcome people in so yeah, he yeah, runs yeah. a vegan restaurant mm. in Norwich Herpingham mm. um, House and it's a really nice place but he wants the sinners to come in because he wants to feed them he wants to you know show them all these things you can eat and yeah. I'd never heard of jackfruit and oh, it's great! It's great. Yeah. So, um, but I think it is one of the things that because the, because you get that militant side. This is what I learned yeah, from him. Because because he welcomes people in. The militant, militant vegans don't like him. Right. Oh. They think he's a, you know they think he's they want to get on yeah. that. They don't want that line here yeah. because they want it to be an aggressive thing. Well, that's a lot not of them. good. So I think as long as that's it's not how you change the world, is it? No. You know. You lead by example and, and actually a smart way of doing it is not to even mention that a restaurant would be vegan. Well, that's, you know what, what, I mean? that's what he's done. It's, yeah, it's right. a plant-based restaurant. Exactly. There was, and, and he points out there was, there was, it wasn't vegan, wasn't anywhere. Because, yeah. because it... because it people off. Because as soon, well, as soon as you start using the word on social media, mm. certain people mm. start watching you and they either... And they, and they say nice things about you. But if, you, if you're seen out in a pair of leather shoes... Mm. They turn on you. Mm -hmm. I'm not yeah. saying that's all vegans, but at all. But there's a you know there's a bit of that goes on. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, my my first memory of it growing up is the is the meat is murder posters. Yeah, animal activists. Yeah. So yeah. that before I imagine you're a kid, and all you 
it doesn't really compute because you're at home like everyone was eating mm. meat everyone's parents giving the meat and you see meat is murder so you just have to reject the message because you're like well that can't yeah. be yeah, you know, yeah and it's yeah. not murder because murder's a, a thing isn't it that's you know it's so anyway I think I think I think well probably just picking up on that I mean aggressive aggressive marketing I mean that's not going to work I don't think but but I suppose you could say that there's no humane way of killing anything that doesn't want to be killed so does that make it murder <laughs> we're going so off, off yeah, topic no, we here it's we? my fault as well I could, have, I could have just let it go but, um, um, but, no, yeah. but, but now you've said that I've got to say well no because murder is a word and it means killing another human so but uh, right. yeah, I mean you can put it in there so <laughs> but anyway yeah so we'll stop we'll you, stop there we'll stop there anyway because you just said um all you said was ethical choices that was it mm. so you let your practice starts as uh, it could choices. be something like your posture it could be making what you see as an ethical choice yeah so it could be um i don't know trying to reduce your plastic or whatever you know it could be um just being a bit more conscious about the things that you buy so Quite often when I train people to become yoga teachers, but I'll, I'll try and encourage them to find out the stories behind the makeup brands that we buy or, you know, trying mm. to look a little bit deeper below the surface and not just taking things for face value, but trying to learn more about where these things came from and the impact that's had environmentally or on animals or, you know, on the world. So just like raising your consciousness raising your awareness it can only be a good thing it's a positive thing but without being you know hard-hitting no i think i i before we got off topic i was going to yeah. agree with you i do think it's a really good thing because i think well part of me doing this podcast is i'm trying to learn as many kind of things to be healthy but also i want to make ethical choices and everything i do yeah. and this and this came to me quite late in life as well because well, things like, you know, pollution and waste, they were these. They were they were sort of distant conversations to me. Yeah. Always. Right. And I think, I I didn't I didn't. It's not like I was deliberately doing anything bad, but yeah. there were things I kind of thought, oh, well, I'll worry about that stuff later. Yeah. And I think, you can do that with everything in your life. You can worry about things later, and and I and I'm aware there's this attitude that you sort of pushing away anything difficult and you're kind of getting through in the way you can rather than thinking right what's the very best that I can, can do, do right now yeah. or today not not kind of thinking you'll be you'll be better in the future and you'll and that's not for me to worry about you can't you can't go around solving everything you can only do yeah. your little bit but well I think that it's very it's easier isn't it to bury your head in the sand right because I think it's an easier choice a lot of the time because it takes effort to maybe be more conscious. It takes, it takes a little bit of determination and, and more effort on our part. But like if we all did it, the world would be a different place, right? Mm. If we all try to have a more conscious existence while we're here for this little finite bit of time that we're here. That's what arming is. Well, isn't it? No, but isn't it? Yeah. No, that's what it is. That's yeah. it. Just being in harmony with being things. Being in harmony. Yeah. Not like yeah. fucking everything up. Yeah, try and be in harmony a little bit with with people around you, and yeah. And this is what people don't understand about martial arts that mm. done properly. That's like that too. Is it a philosophy? Yeah, I mean, mm. it's it's a, it's a little bit more. A little bit. It's a little more difficult to sell than yoga because there's fighting involved. But mm. people that do it properly. 
Mm. It'll be based on maximising your skills, yeah. but having respect for yeah, your opponents. So you're right. just two people. You're just two people um, carrying out a, a learned art, which happens to be a fighting-based one. Yeah. But but you and you do everything to the maximum of your abilities, and you mm. and you're not doing it with any malice. Right. Right. You know. Right. Yeah. Interesting. I mean, it obviously doesn't always work like that. And there's loads of arseholes that do martial arts, you know, but knocking people out. Yeah, yeah. but thankfully not that many, and mm. and and the, and it's and it's changed a lot. Particularly the I know, banged on about this a lot, but the Brazilian jiu-jitsu aspect of it because they they bring a different philosophy to the whole of martial arts. Because right. you know, you, if you come into the martial arts place there, you you'll see it's it's a it's a clean, calm place. Shoes off. Everyone's friendly. Everyone greets you. you That's know, it's, good. Yeah. It's that vibe. It's that kind of. It's a very respectful, caring for your right. brothers kind of brothers and sisters yeah. kind of vibe. Nice. Hmm. So. I don't know so much about martial arts, so that's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So going back to the um, when you started yoga and you noticed the differences that you felt because you're obviously worried about going in and being a, a sweaty male mm. um, and the heat, scary. Um, how long did it take you to start to go regularly and really notice a difference? E- even though I found it difficult, I knew I wanted to keep coming. So I came probably once a week, something like that. And then, so I, yeah, so I've never, I never stopped coming. I just found it really hard the first few, mm. but then recently I, the lot I had to take a month off jujitsu, and I came. I was coming up three or four times a week, mm. and in fact, until I went away these last few days, I think I've been about fifteen times in the last oh, two. In the amazing. last, yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. And have you? I know that you said you've been going to the basics classes, but have you been to any other? Kind of vinyasa flow type classes. I accidentally went to one. Two. Oh, I you acc- did. Yeah, because I because I, I looked the wrong day on the timetable and I turned up and it was the difficult class. Right. And I thought I can't back out now <laughs> because you know when you've decided you want to do a class. Yeah. And I think there's some real irony of like when you're rushing crossly to because you I've got to get to my yoga class yeah. to be a calmer, better person. I think then you've got to there's something wrong. But you know that feeling and yeah. when. I, I've got to do yoga now. I've got decided. <laughs> Terrible. But I turned up and it was it was it was a class with a foreign word in the name. Vinyasa oh, flow. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I've heard the word. But um, um, I thought, oh, oh well, I'll do it. I'll do it. Anyway. And it was quite difficult because it had gone from the sort of postures I'm familiar with to people doing that. But in the tucking, right. you, there's like something with it, yeah, binding or something. Bind, yeah. yeah, where they binding their arms around their back or something like that. And it's a bit like suddenly being the new kid again, where they're all just going, going into your into your praying mantis bind or whatever it is, <laughs> and they're all doing it. And I'm, I don't know this one. Right? Was that in the but, heat? No. Yeah. Oh, you did hot flow. Oh, that you did the hot flow. The hot flow. Yeah. So that is a vinyasa flow, isn't it? In yeah. Slightly so I found, hotter. Room. I found it challenging. Hmm. But. Didn't regret going. Yeah, I mean, I think try and stick at that a little bit mm. because it's the the faster ones take more time to learn, but once you get used to the sort of sequencing and stuff, it becomes really enjoyable. It's it's more challenging initially, but long term, it's nice. You've got somewhere to go with it. Obviously, you run a hot yoga place, but can do you think people can get similar benefits from the 
mm. cold yoga or yeah, do, you, do you think you need heat? No, I mean, some people do the hot classes and it just isn't for them and maybe they've tried loads of times and they just can't really acclimatise. It doesn't suit absolutely everybody, that's for sure. Um, and yes, you get all of the benefits of doing it in a non-hot room. I would just say, for me personally, um, and maybe why hot yoga is so popular, it raises the heart rate more, so it's a little mm. bit more cardiovascular, and so when that happens, you get increased blood flow around the body into the brain and stuff. So it seems to boost the serotonin a little bit more, the happy chemicals. Certainly, you know, I've thought about this for years because I've been teaching hot yoga. I also teach non-hot classes, Jiva Mukti classes, and that's got a big spiritual emphasis on it. Is that the one with the... Um is there a glockenspiel involved in one of them? I've seen it. <laughs> no, there's a harmonium, yeah. like a bit like a... I saw an exotic instrument yeah, the harmonium. As, I le- as I was I was leaving. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that, that's an interesting style, and I, one close to my heart, because it does bring in a lot of omming and chanting. Have you, so have you got classes where there's full-on the yeah. whole way through? Yeah, the Jiva Mukti classes, you tend to do chants at the beginning, and it won't just be an arm, it'll be, you know, a, a proper chant. So all the people that go to that one, they'll be the chanty ones, won't they? Well, they'll so, maybe be the ones that have been practicing longer because mm. the, the practice itself is um, very dynamic. So it's definitely not really, I, don't, I personally don't feel it's for beginners. It's definitely a step up from that. And it brings in chanting and a, and a spiritual theme every month where we're talking about different spiritual aspects of yoga, right? So for that reason, it, it to a total beginner that's never done yoga, if you walk into the room and you know, you're suddenly chanting Loka Samasta Shukhi No Bhavantu, they're gonna be like, I'm not coming here again. But over time, you you want to delve a bit beneath the surface, then you might end up rich finding yourself in a Jiva Mukti class next year and going, do you know what, I'll take that. If you need, if you want to go deep and say become a teacher, yeah. you've got to get, you've got to, got to do all that. You, you, there are different types of teacher training and some of them probably don't touch on the chanting. Our, our, my teacher training we do because I feel like it's an aspect of it that, that should be taught and passed on. So do you teach your own people or do they have to go and do a course no, somewhere? No, they've all done the t- Yoga Haven teacher training. All of the teachers you've had, have tr- I've trained them Yeah, yeah. with my team. Yeah. Really? So how long is it, ta- how long is it going to take me? Um, to be a teacher. Mm. So I would say, how long have you been practicing yoga now? So I just I had a few months. Yeah, to, go on. <laughs> I think it's summer sometime. Yeah. Oh yeah, summer. You said. I'd, I'd done a few hours of cold yoga before, so I'd, right. it wasn't complete beginner. Yeah. Call it a year. Yeah. So, year. so so just add another eighteen month, uh, another six months or a year on top. So yeah. about two years. Two years. Yeah. Then you can apply for the teacher training, which takes about three months, but we do two weeks abroad intensively it's really fun and then it's followed up by so it's a couple of years experience and then yeah a couple of years experience and then you you need to know how to do a vinyasa how to the sun salutations the class that you tried where you were like oh my god you need to get good at that yeah what about if you've got something slightly wrong with you like i bust my ankle and i can't i can't do one of the um warrior one the, the the straight leg thing because my ankle doesn't, I haven't got a flexible enough ankle. Well, there's always so ways around like, that, I think, mm. yeah. 
Could you, be, so could, you be a te- could you be a teacher if bits of you didn't work properly, do you think? Yeah, I think you could. Why not? No, totally. Because, you know what, I, I like to get rid of this idea that yoga teachers are like the most bendy, have these most beautiful practices and, you know, like, you know, Instagram, you see yoga now on Instagram and it's all about performing these beautiful poses and look at me, I'm so great at that. And that's not what makes a good teacher. And actually... You could have someone that's way less flexible, maybe with a dodgy ankle, that can really communicate well in a class and be really inspiring and not make it about them, but make it about the class. And that, to me, is a better teacher than somebody like, it's the Ali Hill show, wrapping my leg around my head, you know, Mm. at the front of the class. That's not what it's about. So, yeah. No, I do like that. They've, they've said a few times like when it's one of the difficult balancing ones, they go, oh, I can't do this today. Well, exactly. I, I sometimes find this hard. And I think that's good to know. It's really good because you don't want to put the teachers on a pedestal. And there's a lot of egos now in the yoga world, the industry that, that I've grown up in the last 15 years. There's, there's just, a lot shouldn't of be egos. Yo- shouldn't be yoga egos, should there? Isn't that sounds like yeah, the opposite I mean, of what it's all about? Yeah, you're not, you want to leave your ego. Yeah. Yeah. But there's a lot of them because well because of social media and stuff and having followers and quite often they want to look like they're physically very able to do all of these poses making me think about posture now <laughs> um Looking good. but yeah that, that was another thing that took me took me um months to actually listen to and learn was when they tell you to it's it's your practice do mm. you know don't do what do what you're comfortable with but when for the first few months you're trying to keep up and do it right. Yeah, I mean, like we force properly. yourself into things that are not comfortable for you just because you think this is I should be following the class. Yeah, but you can really no one's gonna. Well, you then can that's do what how you, you want, injure yourself, right? Yeah. Like if you if you're doing things that you're not ready for, and I think in the beginning it is easier for people to want to kind of race ahead and force themselves into things that they shouldn't really be doing. But over time, you drop that, and it is just about doing what you can do and accepting where you are and that's perfect not trying to look like the dancer in the front mm. row or whatever because yeah. we're all different I mean there's I've been practicing for years and years and there's poses that I'm never going to be particularly good at because I've got tight shoulders I see people do those side bends and back bends and I know that's never going to happen right I Sorry. mean it might get a bit better but it's not mm. going to it's mm. never going to happen well I actually think that people who are less flexible have more benefits from it anyway. You feel the effects great to a greater degree, I think, than somebody that's really, really bendy. It's hard to get the same benefits, I think. Hmm. Yeah. Oh, I know the important question I want to ask. Yeah. Um, this was someone I was talking to, I think I started saying earlier, but someone I was talking to before I'd done yoga, um, and this is mentioned in, in your classes as well at Yoga Haven, about how it's not about the movement. We, we touched on this before, but um, it's about and that the people the advanced yogi don't need to move at all because this guy I got talking to he, he I'd said oh, I'd done a, I've done a little bit and I think it's good for stretching and he and he he sort of poo pooed the idea of even doing the exercises right and I said to him it sounds like you're doing yoga of the mind yes like that he wasn't that he but the thing is he didn't look he didn't look super healthy <laughs> right but his and mind I sort might of wanted, have been. yeah. So I wanted to. Yeah. Say, I, I was sort of saying to him, what, "Do you not do the exercise at all?" And he's like, "No." Yeah. And I was thinking, do, but is there really some stage where 
you you get so at peace with things that you're just right. I'm not going to bother. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going. I'm yeah. just going to sit here, sit all here blissed out in my head. Yeah. So interestingly, like there are different paths that you would take as a yogi, and one of them, your oh, mate, seats in his yeah. head. <laughs> Sorry. Um, he he would be. I think it sounds like he's a raja yogi, which is yoga of the mind. It is yoga of the it's mind. It's kind of like thinking yourself into oblivion. Because I think he thought, when I said yoga of the mind, I think he thought I was taking the piss, which I think I was. <laughs> right, a bit. but, but I'd say is, you touched on that yeah, there. Yeah, it is yoga of the mind. Because so what they would do if he's a Raja yogi is they would sit for long periods of time and they would withdraw from the external world around them. So withdrawing from your Tempting. senses. Tempting. Yeah. yeah. And then they would concentrate, um, which is the gateway to meditation. So the idea is that you use meditation practices to reach enlightenment. Um, so possibly he's a Raja Yogi, and it's, it's yoga of the mind, yeah. But yeah. Is it, that's just meditation, isn't it? Meditation, yeah. But um, meditation it, it, is, is part put, of yoga if it, philosophy. If I'd said to him, you're still doing yoga, he'd go, no, I've stopped. I just do meditation. Right. I'd have understood that. Yeah. But it was calling it yoga, but yeah. it not involving doing any what I would call yoga. The asana, the, the, the postures, the, yeah. yeah. But there are yogic paths that are just meditation, mm. and that is a yogic path. So if we look back in time, there are these different paths that a yogi could take to reach enlightenment. The idea in the yoga philosophy, whether you subscribe to this or not, and I don't know necessarily that I do, but but it's there for us, is that you can take any of these different paths to reach enlightenment. And it could be the yoga of the mind, where you're just doing meditation to reach enlightenment. Or it could be that you're doing like devotional stuff, like the Hare Krishnas. Mm. You could call them um, Bhakti yogis. So they are kind of chanting their way into oblivion. Your mate is doing the meditation, thinking his way into oblivion. Um, and then there's the, the physical aspect, the Hatha Yoga, which is the, the stuff that you're doing at the moment, the physical practice. So all of these are paths to reach enlightenment, which is this bliss-like state where um, you have no point of view and there's a connection between you as a small soul and a supreme consciousness or a celestial force, whatever you want to call it, cosmic com consciousness or God, some people might call it. And that's the actual path of the yogi. You know, yoga means union, and it's not mind and body union. It's union between your soul, as a small person, small soul, and a great manifestation of God or the celestial force. Yeah, and it's realizing you're part of that and it's part of you. That's where yoga, the word union, comes from. So people, could, so people could look, might believe different things, or or not in God. They just it's the being, is it yeah. that you can kind of agree on? It doesn't matter what you call it, or does it have? To, is it God for the? So so you know, um, this is where so like deep yogi. yogic roots are coming from religions. So there's three religions right at the roots of yoga, and it's Hinduism, Buddhism, and Jainism. Jainism is the one where they, you might have seen pictures where they'll have like a little thing over their mouth so they don't inhale insects. Oh, yeah, or they might the sweep one. the floor in front of them so yeah. they don't tread on any insects. So it's sort of um, and renouncing worldly um, possessions and not harming. 
So the real roots of yoga come from these three religions. And then later in history, there is quite a, quite a big Buddhist influence, right? Um, and uh, what, were you, what was your initial question now? I can't remember. Oh, God. We were God, talking yeah. about God. Just whether it, whether yeah. it means here about God. So, so yoga, we don't focus on a God, whereas in religion, obviously, it might be Allah or Jesus Christ or whatever it is that you believe in, and they, they believe in one God, um, and they don't believe in other religions' gods, right? Mm. It's very... Yogic isn't about a God, it's about everything. Everything is God. The Hindus are called it though, aren't they? They're, yeah, they, they're, they're, they welcome all gods, don't they? The yeah, Hindus. they have they have different um, deities and different gods. We're getting yeah. onto ground that I've realised I'm going to start making stuff up now. <laughs> <laughs> they have different gods. No, you're <laughs> right. They have different I've, gods. Yeah, think, yeah. things yeah. I partly Buddhist, remember. Buddhist is, you but know, think, God is in everything, which is a bit more yogic. Yeah. So, but I suppose you can you you cannot you can worry about that aspect later, can't you? Really. Yeah, I, I, mean, I do exactly no, what I was saying not to do in our yeah. lives. But, oh, Sweep that one yeah. under the carpet. We'll I do, mean, deal with the yoga of the present yeah, for now, no. I think. I mean, if we start piping up about God in our classes, people aren't ready for that, are they? They're not, they don't come to yoga for that. And also, sometimes it's, it might be a conflict for them because maybe they're Christian yeah, no, and exactly. they have their own belief system. And then in the yoga class, if you start harping on about, about God, it can scare people off, I think. So... It's stuff that you learn as you get deeper into it. It took me a long time to to learn about all of that stuff and to yeah. And I don't actually subscribe to the idea of reincarnation, which is you know the yogic philosophy is reincarnation. I I personally don't subscribe to the philosophy, but I find it interesting. Yeah, I think I think I think that's it. It's it, I guess it's there if you yeah. And, and yeah, you don't want to you don't want to be giving people the religious side of it up front, do you? Because no. it might no, because no. like I said, it, it scare people off, and they can yeah find out at a later time if they're interested in that. Did you did you meditate separately to this? Because I found I'd done one a couple of the apps, you know, the meditation apps, yeah, which I st- yeah I did yeah. that one yeah, until I, I found, and I really liked it, and then suddenly I couldn't listen to the guy's voice anymore. Right. Just not for anything wrong with it, but yeah, just suddenly you enough. had enough of someone in your life that you don't even know. Um, yeah. But I found that doing doing the hot yoga has made me sort of do it without thinking. Yeah. You know, because you can you can have a quiet moment to yourself, and you can yeah. get your breathing under control. Yeah. And it's like in your meditating I, I suddenly I was sitting in there and I suddenly found I was meditating without yeah without, without trying. trying you know I just sat down for a kind of quick moment yeah. myself well yeah yoga has this amazing ability to just like slow everything down right yeah. and then like we said at the beginning there's lots of space then between the thoughts and before you know it you are in a more meditative state than having the crazy you know bubbly Chitta-fritti mind. Chitta-fritti mind. mind. I think I'm going to have to go today, actually, after my four days of being sat down. Oh, yeah, you've been on a plane and yeah. Yeah, in hotel rooms. Put myself rooms. back together. Yeah, go today, yeah. I'm going to go today. Go today. Amazing. Is there anything else you need to tell me? Anything else? No, just stupid keep, at like, it. keep at it. Like, keep at it. Um, I reckon start going to the flow classes mm, and, yeah. yeah, I can see yeah, the no, I do. right there. I'm going like, to... No. Just keep that up a little bit and then you'll be like, in a month's time oh my god I love that it's my favourite class 
I don't want to get special trousers though. That's that's it's the baggy trousers. That's another. That's the that's baggy the other thing. And no, hot but, class, no you? but you know the you know the yoga outfits people wear sometimes. That's well, in hot yoga, it's a bit different because you can't be wearing baggy trousers, no. right? Like. I think it's when people take yoga out on the streets. That's what I'm talking yeah, about. You like know what I mean? Church hall, just you know, no, yeah, women in yeah, purple yeah, you tights. Know, you know when you see someone from a distance go, oh, they're going to yoga. Yeah, I don't right. want that. No, no, no. I don't, I don't want to. No, well, um, no, just like your regular shorts. Yeah, I no, mean. I wasn't asking. I wasn't asking about <laughs> what to wear. I meant I was talking about the street outfit. I'm, I'm comfortable with what's wearing the cars. I'm talking about the people who start dressing. In their everyday life, like they like go the to yoga, that's, pants. Yeah. yeah, like they come back. I don't know what you call them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, we, yeah, know, yeah. we know. We know what you're talking don't need about. To, you don't need the, to wear these them. people. These people are the aggressive vegans <laughs> of the yoga world. They're the ones putting off the the people like me who might not have not tried it yet. <laughs> yeah, shouldn't, should ban them. But, but I'm definitely going to say, okay, so mm. you got yoga havens in where? Just to remind us. Oh yeah, so Birmingham. Birmingham. Um, Clapham, Clapham, Richmond, Richmond, and one in Brighton. Yeah, one in Brighton. Amazing. Mm. Ali Hill from Yoga Heaven. Thanks for Thank having you very me. Much. <laughs> Thanks, Rich. Thank you very much to Ali Hill. Find out more about Yoga Haven at yogahaven.co.uk. On Instagram, it's at Yoga Haven. Healthy Beast is on Instagram at, at Healthy Beast Podcast. Thank you very much. Bye.